From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's podcast series, Currents, Awakening to the Flow of Spirit in Our Lives. Today, we're excited to feature a conversation between Kira Etta, Director of Ministries here at Old St. Pat's, and Becky Eldridge, author of The Inner Chapel, Embracing the Promises of God. Kira and Becky discuss wading into the waters of spiritual life, how the Holy Spirit uses our feelings to guide us, and how to access our inner chapel. Becky Eldridge, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, and I'm excited to be here, Kara. Thank you for the invitation. Old St. Pat's always holds a little place in my heart, just from all being known for young adult ministry and your influence all over the country. So, so well, thank one you. Of the things, thank you. One, one of the things that I loved, this the, the image of the ocean. Explain why this image of the ocean and kind of entering in um, and then also the holding of hands, where, you know, how that developed in you and then where it's come up in your work and ministry and, and your own prayer life. The image came to mind of the ocean is we've just always gone to the beach. Like I live down in Louisiana, the beaches, you can get to the beach in about four hours, but this image of the ocean kind of being like the way we enter the waters of faith really just came from watching my kids grow up on the beach each, each summer, you know, and watching how each of my children, you know, that, that first time in those, when they were just six months old, you know, that they, when they were there and then how did they get into the water, you know, and at first, when they first go <laughs> to the beach and they're a little bitty, I mean, you're just like plopping them in the sand. And then, they, you know, always laugh because sometimes like they tip over, they're trying to eat sand and all. And then when they finally get their legs like underneath them and you can kind of hold their hands, you hold their hands as they enter the water. Um, and then there comes a point where they can release, they, they, they'll release your hands, then go try to stand a little bit on their own in the waters. And eventually, you know, now that I've got a 13 year old and a 10 year old and also a six year old, but the older two is they can swim so far out in deep water. And so I think there was just this day that I was pondering, we were sitting at the beach one summer and, and God always speaks to me in like very ordinary things in my life. And I was just remembering as I was watching my older two, like be way out away from shore. And I was remembering, oh wait, you weren't always able of doing that. Like you weren't always capable. Like you were scared at times. And then God kind of got me reflecting on what I watch happen in spiritual direction all the time, right? Which is people entering the waters of faith and the different ways that we go, go about it. And so it's, it's this, it became this image in prayer of knowing that Jesus was standing next to us on the beach, right? Always inviting us in like, Hey, here's the ocean of possibility and how sometimes, you know, we say yes, very excitedly to that invitation and we go barreling in kind of like how my son still to this day enters the waters. But sometimes we end up tripping all over ourselves because we don't really know what to do when we get there. Um, and then other times where, you know, I watch people who kind of enter a little more timid and they want to stay in the shallow waters of faith for a while. So they get accustomed and then they take a next deliberate step and so it just, it reminds me of how no matter where we are, there's always deeper waters for us to go. 
and and that Jesus is always inviting us deeper. And at the same time, I feel like the Holy Spirit is like this magnetic pull that is also pulling us and drawing us into deeper waters of faith. Even when we are like not touching the ground, like in our faith, you know, like if we're floating in deeper waters, I think there's even another depth that comes when we go underwater, right? There's a whole nother world of that's below the surface, you know, and these, these, um, darker places or just even the, the richness of the, of the world that's underwater. So it's just this image that just continues. Like I use it when I'm sitting with people in spiritual direction. Like I think about like, okay, well, where is this person? You know, where does God have them? Where is God inviting them to go? Where am I, <laughs> you know, and where is God inviting me to go? And then this piece about the hands is how are we, on this faith journey too, like how are we helping others enter the water of faith? Like, are we holding people's hands and accompanying them or, you know, until comfortable enough to kind of stand on their own? I particularly love it because, because if I'm honest with myself, which I ought to be in this, in this moment, like (laughs) if I'm honest about it, I, I absolutely know there are times where I'm I'm back almost on the shore where yes. the six months should have been sitting. Like I'm back over there going, I'm not sure I can walk in those waters right now. Like I'm just, I'm nervous and I, I really don't think I can go in there. But then you're, you're naming like, Hey, Jesus will be the one holding my hand. Yeah. Like I don't have to go in there, go way deep in order to find Jesus. That he's like, that always will- with us, always right there with us. Yeah. Right. And that is such a, like, even just reading that, I just felt like, ah, oh, like, God, I needed to hear that. And I've, I've been in ministry for, you know, <laughs> at Old St. Pat's for 12 years. And so, but to hear that and use that image. And since I did read that, that's been part of my prayer, just going like, okay, you got my hands. You got my hands, Jesus, because there's a lot, a lot to unpack. We're in this moment yes, in time where we are all carrying a lot and we're trying to be present to people in new ways, or we have no idea how to be present to people when we're, we're, we're trying to quarantine for the common good. There's just so much. And I think for a lot of us, um, the, the moments are different, right? Sometimes the moment comes where it is just all out there and all the emotions are coming yes. and, you know, and, and, and I have to face them. And then a lot of us have been in crisis mode, which means, no, that stuff can wait. I have to get these things done. And in the midst of that, I've neatly sort of packaged it away. And so I feel like, um, feel like in terms of the water, the water's a little bit scary for me, you know, yeah. in ways that it, it's not always. And so I love that that's also a fluid image. If I can then just like yes. throw that word in there is again, um, but then to just have both the, that naming of, well, Jesus has got my hands as I wade back into the water or as I just stay right here right now. Like I'm just going to let the waves hit me. And this is as far as I can go right now. And Jesus has got my hands. And are there people for whom I can be Jesus's hands for them right now? Yeah. And so that they know they're not by themselves. Um, I've been just listening to um, and reading uh, just more and more about how there's this recognition and more studies and more authors writing about how this, this recognition that um, our 
emotions, like emotional health, right? And so yeah. uh, you and I have younger kids. Um, I think even in, in their small community schools, there's the social emotional learning. Like they're, they're trying to, yeah. even in schools, trying to say, hey, there's some things that kids also need in order to be successful. It's not just that we need you to have perfect ACT and SAT scores. I think about that and I think about a lot of uh, the training in Ignatian spirituality yes. and other things that you have. And I just think there's something about this current like studies and research and non-faith-based but evidence of that, you know, like accessing our feelings and, and recognizing what those are in order to be able to regulate those and appropriate, you know, all of those things. And then there's the St. Ignatius from 500 yeah. years ago who seem to be saying some similar things. And so I'm wondering if you could speak to a little bit of what that spirituality adds to this whole, this whole invitation into a spiritual life. Yes. Gosh, girl. Yes. I love your, I love your commentary here. It's because Ignatius is often, you know, talked about as one of the first psychologists in a sense, you know, because a big chunk of Ignatian spirituality, one of the key kind of components that it's known for are it's the discernment of spirits right and what that basically what and when we think about what do the discernment of spirits mean meaning the holy spirit and how ignatius depending on which translation of his exercises he either called the false spirit or the evil spirit right it's like how do we come to know the way the holy spirit works and the way the false spirit works in our life and so how does the holy spirit help us on our path to god and how does the false spirit try to keep us off that. But the big way that he invites us to pay attention to it is through our feelings, right? Is through noticing things like, well, when do we feel peace? When do we feel um, an increase in hope? When do we feel love and joy? And he names those as moments, like when we feel that consolation, we can become to understand, oh, this is the way the Holy Spirit speaks us, you know? And so when we go to Galatians, go read Galatians chapter five, um, when the fruits of the Holy Spirit are named, they are tied to feelings, right? The fruits of the Holy Spirit, you know, peace, patience, kindness, joy, gentleness, generosity. Um, and while not all of those are exact feelings, but it's like when we feel patience, we are feeling the Holy Spirit in our life. When we feel um, our hearts opening to love more generously, right? That that becomes a movement of the Holy Spirit. And then the, he's saying the opposite with the false spirit is when we feel anxious, when we feel afraid, when we feel, um, you know, hopeless or, you know, closed from loving those things. And so, so much of Ignatian spirituality is about really paying attention to what I feel and how God speaks to us through it. And, you know, St. Ignatius's great prayer, the, the examine, is this amazing prayer tool, 500-year-old prayer tool that really helps us daily, invites us daily to tune into our feelings, right? Where did I feel gratitude today? Where did I feel consolation? And then the opposite, where did I feel desolation? You know, and so, I, I mean, anybody <laughs> who's talked to me probably in the last couple of years knows that I just feel the world is calling for the gifts of Ignatian spirituality right now, right? That there's this first, this contemplative piece of Ignatian spirituality, which 
basically means we're being invited to pause, right? To slow down um, just because A, our world is so busy. And the pause gives us a chance to reflect, to ponder, to name our feelings, get in touch with what's going on. Um, and, and again, we're not just slow, like going by ourselves to do it. We're pausing to be with God. We're reflecting with God or naming our feelings with God. And then I think this whole aspect of Ignatian spirituality about discernment, again, because our world is so fast to have this chance to pause and reflect and pay attention to what we're feeling. What is the spirit calling us to? Um, and to know that we've got this 500 year old trusted wisdom of how to sort through this is, I mean, I just find people are starving for it. I'm hungry for it. I'm so grateful somebody took the time, not just one person, that many people have took the time to teach me, you know, but I find too, in working with adults and young people, um, it takes us a little bit to learn how to get in touch and in tune with what we're feeling, you know? Yeah. And I mean, in that your experience? Oh, completely. And I think, um, I, I think in so many different contexts, right. And, and it also, it doesn't, it, it doesn't explain like, it's not like it loses any sort of mystery, but it, it absolutely, um, it gets, it gets right into a lot of the things that we know are deeply unhealthy for our society within mm. our family dynamics, like all of those things. And so, um, things that are just like, uh, the, even, you know, even how we raise our children, um, when we raise, when any child is raised to, uh, to, to toughen up and, you know, like it, you know, whether it's boys or girls or anybody like toughen up, no crying, get over it, you know, all of those yeah. things. Now as an, as an athlete, like there's a lot of that, that's not a <laughs> yeah. bad thing in, in certain contexts, but, but we also know what that develops in somebody. And so I just think, like those things are evident more and more in, in this 21st century. We're, we're at least willing to name, like these are unhealthy ways of being in the world. So to, to kind of look into all the ways we, we got there or we, we do get there and to recognize like, oh my gosh, there's this 500 year old tradition that's sort of getting at some of that same stuff and saying yes. God is in these things. And so to say, get over yourself, just keep on keeping on instead of saying, okay, pause, number one, yeah. what are these feelings? And that, that, that God's actually trying to use that feeling to get to me, to get me to see something, appreciate something, maybe bring more of that or less of that into yeah. my world and my actions or whatever it is. Um, I also think it's, it's really fascinating because Ignatius he was not one, I mean, as they were building the, the community, the society of Jesus, they were not saying, hey, we're just going to spend our lives in pause mode, which yeah. I know is, is really hard for a lot of us to sort of conceptualize. And then, then of course, we create that as other to say like, well, I'm not, I'm not a contemplative, except Ignatius was saying, no, 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 no. we're in the world. Like our entire ministry is going to be with yeah. people in the world. Yeah. And you got to pause. We have to, because we cannot do the work we cannot do the work of ministry. We cannot do the work of being authentically human and showing up with one another if we're not doing this pausing and listening. Yeah, so. and then and how that because the other he's known you know Ignatius spirituality as contemplative and action, right? And so this this 
pausing, you know, to be with God is the fuel, the source of what feeds our active lives and whatever our lives look like, you know, whatever um, our relationships look like, whatever our work looks like. It's not just about those that would be in formal ministry, you know, but it's how does pausing and being with God in this relationship with God that can be nurtured through the prayer, through prayer, through the sacraments, through all kinds of ways, each other. Um, how do we, how does that relationship with God form what we do out in the world, right? Because it's never, I always tell people, it's never just for us to be like, oh, look how blessed I am, like this relationship with God, right? I mean, we're called to be grateful and say thank you and all, and but it's for us to receive the gifts from God, receive the promises of God so that we can go generously share them with others, right? So putting it more practically, it's like when we begin to open a little more to God's amazing unconditional love for us personally, we can then share that to the people where we've been getting to love in our lives easier, right? We love them differently when we allow ourselves to be loved by God. If we have allowed our, you know, as God has poured in infinite mercy in us, healed us, helped us for, receive forgiveness, forgive ourselves, forgive other people, like we can then offer that mercy to other people, right? We're, we're called to bring it out into the world, you know, and we could go on and on and on about all the different things that God pours into us. They change us and it changes how we act in the world. It changes what we do. Um, I love Pedro Rupe. He's got this beautiful poem called Falling in Love with God. And he says, you know, nothing is more practical than falling in love with God. And he goes on to say, it changes what we do. It changes, he says, what gets us out of bed in the morning, what breaks our heart, what seizes our imagination. He says it help, It changes um, what we do with our weekends, how we spend our evenings. And he says, fall in love, stay in love. It, it changes everything. And from my own experience of relationship with God, I know that to be true. And from hundreds, literally hundreds of hours of listening to other people's relationship with God on retreats and through spiritual direction, I know in my bones that that is true, right? That when someone, when, when, when we fall in love with God, it changes everything about our lives, right? Our relationships are impacted, how we bring ourselves into our work, whatever that is, how we use our gifts, in all aspects, our gifts, our talents, our resources, our time, it, it is impacted significantly when we've had a life-changing encounter with God, right? Which is often through Jesus, so. Right, I, and I, I love that because you're, you know, you, you keep coming back to that, like, in, in the, the name of your book and what you're writing about is this inner chapel. And I love, I even just love that language because I think sometimes even when we're at our best and even when the church is at its best, um, it, it can sometimes uh, not remind us enough that all of it is church. Like church is meant to be, first of all, it's meant to send us out into the world and yes. that you don't have to keep coming back to this campus. 
and we're in a moment right now where Old St. Patrick's Church in the West Loop of Chicago, our campus has been closed for four weeks. And obviously that's unprecedented. We, we just started our 175th year as wow. a faith community. Yeah. And it's never been closed for four weeks. And yet the, we have access to that inner chapel. Yeah. And it's not, it's not only for safe haven. It's to be, we have access to this God. Um, and I've been in some conversations recently about, wow, this just look at the sacraments and kind of like think about those. And I'm longing or, and just confused about like, how do you, how do you be a Catholic without sacraments? And, but all of that, those, those are fascinating questions and really good ones for all of us to wrestle with yes. and the larger church to wrestle with at this moment. And the place where we have access to our God is not something we have to go and seek. That place is within us and it actually travels with us even when we forget to pack it. Even, like it is yes. right there. Yes. And um, so I'm so grateful for your wisdom. I loved reading your book and just these images and the beautiful way that you tell stories. Um, because I, again, it just it just reminds us like, hey, we have access to this. Not so that I can have one more voice telling me you ought to do this, but um, because accessing this this space where I can encounter this God who happens to be desperate to encounter me. Yes, um, even yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is, and then because I think for for most people who um, even who are even ready to to say that they're looking into the spiritual life, a lot of it comes out of this deeper desire to be more present in the world and to care for others even better than they can. Yeah. Um, so to hear you say that last part about like, this isn't just about for me, this is because this is how the spirit flows. This is how God flows and love flows. Through uh, into so. us and then out, you know, and always, yeah. somebody asked me, you know, why can you have hope right now? I didn't even, even, even not in this, you know, moment we are living in worldwide pandemic here, you know, of why do you hope? And my answer is hands because I know I'm not alone, right? And because the inner chapel exists, which means God is always with me, always with each one of us, like truly Emmanuel, right? Like I know we're in Easter, but um, Advent wasn't that long ago. Like when we celebrated Emmanuel, God is with us. God is still with us. And, you know, to have that is, just that knowledge is life-changing and and we can lean on it like crazy right now when our churches are physically shut down and also when they open back up we still have this inner chapel with us so that when we're out in the day going through our lives and celebrating a good moment or we're we're encountering something really hard or a, a moment of sorrow suffering that we still have i mean god is still there right there with his companioness through that moment yeah. well thank you so much for your thank time thank you I, I know this we could just so keep great. talking forever but <laughs> I love it it's so fun to be together and just thank y'all for what y'all are doing at Old St. Pat's thank you to Kira Etta and Becky Eldridge for being on today's episode and thank you for listening for more information about resources available at Old St. Pat's please visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. I'm Kate Anderson. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast. <laughs>